With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and live from the Referee Autograph Hound School of Refing, I'm Jana, and unfortunately not joined by my co-host, the Sherpa, this week. He is on a bye this week. Don't worry, we did not trade him ahead of the trade deadline. Just taking the bye week. He'll be back next week, uh, I'm sure, with some thoughts and feelings about my picks this week. Uh, But he was kind enough to send ahead his predictions and his... uh, who to start, who to sit, all that good stuff, as well as um, waiver wire pickups. And it is that time of year when we'll give you our annual tricks and treats of the season so far. So uh, we are really going to just take you through everything you could possibly need to get through and win not only your weekly uh, fantasy football game, but your season long, your daily fantasy, whatever you need, we've got you covered. I'll be with you for a full hour tonight until 9 p.m. Eastern time, or if you're listening after the fact, welcome. Enjoy your commute. (laughs) We'll get to there. Um, We're going to cover, like I said, all of the games, the news and notes. We've got trades. We've got injuries, who to start, who to sit, game predictions, some daily fantasy picks, of course, values. We'll get there in a little bit. We'll tell you to pick up off the waiver wire to fill all of the holes from the injury report. That feels like it's a mile long. And we'll round it out with the season's tricks and treats. <laughs> we're sneaking up on turkey time, so we're going to ease you in with a little trick-or-treating ahead of Halloween this week. Um, before we dive in, of course, as always, you can find us all over social media because just an hour a week truly isn't going to be enough, especially when you don't have Sherpa, so you're going to need a little extra dose. You can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page, on Twitter at the number 4 THN Inches Show. That's the number 4 THN Inches Show. Or you can find us at Fantasy underscore Sherpa and JKIM16. I'm sure you can figure out who's who there. We uh, also, (laughs) you can also email us at the number 4 THN Inches Show at gmail.com. That's the number 4 THN Inches Show at gmail.com. Like I said, we're with you here every Wednesday night from 9 to 10 tonight. Normally, we'll be back next week at a regular time, which is 8 to 9 p.m. Or if you're listening after the fact, again, thank you. You can find us everywhere you find your favorite podcast. If you miss an episode, you just want to go back and see how crazy something we said was, or if you just need a little white noise to get you through a drive, we're there for you. We do have two teams on a bye this week. We have a London game. We've got all kinds of things going on. So before we get into the nitty-gritty, the Chiefs and the Chargers are both on by this week, as well as the Sherpa, obviously. So we have a lot of holes to fill here. Uh, We're going to do our best to get through and do that. (laughs) It's certainly going to be without uh, some big-name offensive players, and we have quite a few injuries on top of that. So we'll, we'll just dive right in there. Uh, get the injuries out of the way, and then get you to the good stuff here. 
Like I said, we have some trades as well sprinkled in here. <clears throat> and in better news, there are a lot of teams that are designating players to come back from the PUP list or IR or the non-football injury list, all of which are a mouthful. So guys are getting healthier. We are going to see some new faces on fields, maybe some familiar faces back on fields. Um, so hopefully it's all uphill, all good news. <laughs> but we'll start out in Arizona, as we always do, with the Cardinals. Uh, they're dealing with uh, a little bit of strife at the running back position. Daryl Williams is dealing with a knee injury. He was limited today at practice, and James Conner was also limited with his own rib injury. That one seems to be a little more serious of the two, but obviously they are probably going to be game-time decisions. Um, unfortunately, not a game-time decision this week is wide receiver Marquise Brown. He, we saw that foot injury take place last week. They were worried it might be season-ending, trying to have tests done. At this point, it's been decided it is going to be at least a multi-week process trying to get him right. So the team has placed him on IR, which means he is still eligible to return at the end of the, in, that, in theory, four weeks, but at the end of the season, should his healing permit. So don't drop him yet. Maybe stash him away on an IR spot because there might be might be some life left in those tires. And uh, another thing to keep an eye on out in Fantasyland in Arizona is kicker Matt Prater, who has not kicked for the last couple of weeks, has been dealing with a hip injury. He's been practicing this week, though. They're calling him day-to-day. Unsure which way it's going to go, and it could be a combination of both he and Rodrigo Blankenship, who was brought up off the practice squad last week and did a decent job. I am a little bit of a homer for him, so hopefully the job continues, but it may be a mix of Blankenship doing kickoffs, Prater doing field goals, things like that. We'll see, but it's probably not the best week to start Matt Prater unless you get, there are no other kickers out on the waiver wire, which I would find a little hard to believe. Um, so we'll get there. We'll find just somebody. Don't worry. <laughs> Moving on to Atlanta, the Falcons are relatively healthy uh, despite missing their arguably best player, Cordero Patterson, who's been on IR with a knee injury. He took to Twitter today where all news is broken and posted a video of him running at almost full speed, which I think is trying to send the message that he's ready to come back or getting very close. Clearly it doesn't seem to be this week, but it is nice to see that he is looking good and that if you're stashing him, it's for a good reason. He will be back. I don't think it's going to be this week. Um, and <laughs> In Baltimore, we're going from one one flock of birds to another. Running back Gus Edwards, he's still dealing with some knee trouble. He was limited today. They are officially calling him questionable going into uh, Thursday night. Tackle Calais Campbell is sick. He's been ruled out for the game. It's not COVID. He has some other illness, but they are pretty adamant it's not COVID. So good for him. Kill fast. Unfortunately, bad for the Ravens as a whole. Calais Campbell is a nice piece of that (laughs) uh, overall game plan. So they're going to need to fix a hole there. Also, wide receiver Rashad Bateman is listed as questionable with a foot injury. He is going to be a game-time decision. And hopefully not a game-time decision in your lineup. While it is very, very tempting to put him out there, there are some better options we can find for you here in just a little bit. If you want to get crazy and go with it, by all means, but I think we can help you do better. Tight end Mark Andrews is also listed as questionable with a knee injury. He is going to play through that. 
and running back J.K. Dobbins, who we were all excited he came back, and he was feeling good, and he got the chest injury. Now his knee's not feeling right, and he's just – things are falling apart on J.K., and he is going to be on IR after re-injuring that knee. So, unfortunately, we will not see him for a while, but I think you will get a few healthier bodies, like the Mark Andrews and possibly – possibly Rashad Bateman's world on Thursday Night Football this week, which is going to be a bit of a doozy. We'll get to that here in just a few minutes. Um, I think we all have feelings on the Buccaneers and how this game is going to go. But before we get there, let's swing through Buffalo. Not a lot of injuries to report here. Mostly just defensive players being listed as questionable, which understandably so most of them are second string players and they're all probably hurt at this point which is a bummer because they're playing hard um on the offensive side of things wide receiver jake kumarau is limited with an ankle injury it looks like he has a chance of playing but again probably not a name you're jumping to run and put in your fantasy lineup but if you're in a deeper league yeah, you might be keeping your eye on so it looks like he has a chance to play but we'll probably wait until later in this week Moving along to another team who is getting a facelift, remodeling. <laughs> I don't really best know how to describe what the Panthers are actually doing because somehow it's playing football while firing your head coach, trading your best player. <laughs> um, it's it's not it's not great out there. Not looking great for them. Um, Christian McCaffrey was traded to the 49ers during Thursday night football, which was a little bit of a questionable time to drop a a kind of monster trade. I mean, this is something that um, the Panthers were ready to just part ways with the best player on their team for seemingly no other reason than, like, maybe they just got tired of him. Rams and 49ers were both – all in on this, but neither of them had first-round picks, which is what the Panthers started at. And then all of a sudden, the price started to come down, and the dogfight began, and the 49ers won. They won old Christian McCaffrey, got him a playbook on the airplane, and he was at practice the next day, which you got to admire that commitment because <laughs> he clearly wanted out of there, too. I guess they're all making the best of the situation, but he is no longer RB1 in Carolina. That would now be Chuba Hubbard, or Chuba Hubbard, as you like to call him. Um, but it's he didn't practice today with an ankle injury. He got knocked out of the game, which is part of the problem with trading Christian McCaffrey is you lost a lot of depth all of a sudden at running back. Um, Deontay Foreman was behind him. He was perfectly reasonable. Didn't, didn't you know, light the world on fire, but there's something there. Um, so, Hubbard isn't practicing today with that ankle injury. He's listed as questionable, and, you know, Christian McCaffrey is listed as a member of the 49ers. (laughs) He's not coming in to save the day here. So when we get to our waiver wire picks here in just a minute, I would would think you can see the foreshadowing that maybe Deonta Foreman is going to be on that list. Um, But in the meantime, also uh, (laughs) – even more offensive news might be offensive to some. Uh, P.J. Walker is still going to be the starting quarterback this week, regardless of the health status of Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, who are both dealing with their respective ankle injuries. P.J. Walker is QB1 
the XFL extraordinaire is uh, gonna gonna come to town and try to steal a win for them. I'm into it. He might be without wide receiver Lavisca Chenault, who's dealing with a hamstring injury. He was limited at practice today, as were several of their cornerbacks, linebackers, and safeties. So it's really not the best defensive matchup this week, but hopefully they'll get something going on offense. In another team trading players away, the Bears entered the conversation this afternoon trading defensive end Robert Quinn to the Eagles for a mere fourth-round draft pick. And the Bears are actually going to pay $7.1 million of his almost $8 million salary. So not sure really what the Bears – did they have their eye on a projected fourth-round pick already? This just doesn't make sense. Makes a ton of sense for the Eagles. Got to steal. That guy can definitely still play. Um, but for the Bears, I'm a little puzzled. Definitely could have gotten more. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, they're also dealing with their starting center being placed on the IR with a toe injury. So Justin Fields, who is already fighting for his life behind that offensive line, is now going to have less help on defense and way less help in front of him. So Bears fans, I'm sorry. Things aren't going well. I don't know when they're getting better this week. In Cincinnati, uh, they're mainly reporting defensive injuries right now, so that's a good sign for your fantasy team and for their actual real-life offense. In uh, Cleveland, outside of all the the chatter that Deshaun Watson brings with him, like every other day there's a, a new article and a new I, – I mean, the whole thing's exhausting. But the Browns are also dealing with some other issues, particularly at tight end. Um David Njoku is, quote, week to week with his ankle injury, and Pharaoh Brown, who was actually brought in two weeks ago to provide depth at tight end, is in concussion protocol. So not sure who or either of these two are going to get on the field. I am thinking it might not be a great week to start a Brown's tight end. They have, they've got some strife they're working through there. Out in Dallas, uh, the Cowboys acquired defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins from the Raiders along with a 2024 seventh-round pick uh, in exchange for a a sixth-round pick in this year's draft. So I have no problem with this. This is sort of a logical trade to me. Um, Perhaps it's because I have a little Dallas bias. Who knows? Um, Hopefully he can pick up some of the plays because we're getting a little thin at defense. Uh, also a little thin at offense right now. Uh, tight end Dalton Schultz is practicing. He's still dealing with that knee injury that has kept him limited, and I mean very limited, in plays on the field on Sunday, plays on the field at practice. I am not convinced that knee is anywhere near healthy, but he seems hell-bent on going out there and playing like it is, so I guess that counts for something. Wide receiver Noah Brown did not practice today. He's dealing with his own foot injury. And running back Ezekiel Elliott is not practicing. He has an MCL sprain and a thigh bruise. He's, quote, hoping to play. No one sounds incredibly optimistic about this, but for whatever reason, he's decided he's playing through this. So <laughs> I'm going to believe it until I don't see it. So for now, I would act as if he's going to play because that seems to be what the Cowboys are doing. Guys just come out and pronounce that they're going to start ahead of time. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Dak Prescott. Um, so it sounds like he's he's planning on playing unless there is some kind of setback between now and then. Fingers crossed there is not. Um, in other injury news, their wide receiver James Washington, who broke his foot in preseason, is not sure when he's going to return, but said he felt great during a workout today. 
thinks he's healthy and closer than ever to getting back on the field, which would be great. Um, and they did lose cornerback Jordan Lewis for the season with a list Frank foot injury. Uh, did not look good, did not look like it was a lot of fun. So he is done for the year, and they still need to figure out what their next move is after the Eagles. So we'll get to that a little bit later as well. The Broncos were without quarterback Russell Wilson last week due to the left hamstring injury he picked up. Go along with that uh, pec muscle injury. He's got a lot going on. He did not play uh, last week. This week he is planning to play on Sunday in London. He was allegedly doing high knees and stretches through the aisles of the plane while everyone else was trying to sleep, which I'm sure made him a real fan favorite on that plane. But he's he's out there trying to prove he can move and good for him, I guess. Um, we'll see what it looks like, I think, pregame on Sunday morning or if you're in London, Sunday afternoon. He's going to start. I don't know if he finishes the game. I don't know if I'd want to start him, but again, we'll get to that in our player rankings in just a little bit. Wide receiver Tyree Cleveland is not practicing with a groin injury. He's questionable, and they had to put running back Mike Boone on an IR with an ankle injury. So getting a little thinner at running back, which is not what they were looking to have happen right now. In way better injury news. <laughs> Let's take a look at the Lions, who were entirely injured before and now coming off the bye week. So, you know, maybe things are getting a little better. CJ <clears throat> um, Hawkinson, the tight end out in Detroit, is not practicing with a knee injury. I would be surprised if he did not play. I think this is more a rest day. If he doesn't practice on Thursday and Friday, then I get concerned. Uh, wide receiver Ramon Ross St. Brown, we saw get knocked out of the game with a concussion uh, pretty early on. He's still not practicing. Keep an eye on that. It looks like they think he's trending towards playing, but again, keep an eye on him as the week goes on. Wide receiver Josh Reynolds is not practicing with an ankle injury. Wide receiver DJ Turk had to be placed on IR Saturday with his own ankle injury. And wide receiver Jameson Williams, who's still rehabbing his torn ACL, is at least a month away from returning, says Motor City Dan Campbell. They're also listing most of their defense as questionable. I would hope that's not a character thing, but that they are questionable injury-wise. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they're still uh, still working through a lot of injuries there. The bye week hopefully got them a little healthier. It looks like DeAndre Swift is going to play and be all right this week, but tread lightly with, with uh, Detroit. I'd also tread lightly with this Green Bay Packers team on the other side of the division rivalry. Uh, Aaron Rodgers did not practice today with a thumb injury. He's also been busy making the media rounds, talking about how we should cut reps of guys who are making mistakes. Not sure who exactly he plans to give any of those reps to, because it's not like there's a, a plethora of wide receivers and tight ends just looking around for a job. Um, also, then today went out and said, hey, we all need to have accountability, but seems to not have any accountability inward. The blanket statement's just everyone's catching stray bullets around him. <clears throat> so I'm thinking he's not making a whole lot of friends in the locker room this week. And most of the players are injured, so there might not be that many he's trying to make friends with anyway. Uh, we'll take a look at wide receiver Sammy Watkins first. He played last week uh, back from his hamstring injury. He was limited at practice today. That will go either way. It'll probably be officially a game-time decision. With Sammy Watkins, you don't know. It could go either way. Um, <clears throat> right now, he's probably the healthiest wide receiver they have. So here's hoping he makes it out on the field. 
Christian Watson's also dealing with a hamstring injury. He was a limited participant at practice as well. Alan Lazard was not practicing. He's dealing with a shoulder injury and was seen in a sling in the locker room postgame. They're unsure if he's going to miss any games, some games, a lot of games. They seem to be pretty up in the air about how how much this shoulder might impact his play, uh, which is doubly bad because Randall Cobb was officially placed on IR with that ankle injury we saw, so he's going to be down for quite a while. I don't know what the Packers' offense is going to do. <laughs> Just Things do not seem to be going well there. Uh, out in Houston, let's take a look at the Texans. They're potentially going to be without multiple defense, defensive players this weekend. Um on the offensive side of things, wide receiver Nico Collins is not practicing. He's dealing with a groin injury. That's one you want to keep an eye on because they do have a matchup where Nico Collins could could be uh, a a nice deeper league start for you if he's healthy. So keep an eye on that going on throughout the week. I don't know if you've heard, uh, <laughs> if you're in the Colts locker room or in an organization, you might not have heard yet, which is the craziest thing. The Colts have officially benched Matt Ryan. Sam Ellinger will be the starter for the remainder of the year, according to Frank Reich, which might actually be according to owner Jim Ursay, who is supposedly the one behind the for Ellinger. Um, also worth noting, Matt Ryan is dealing with a grade two shoulder sprain, so he's not the healthiest one in the world. Um, but they said this decision was made without the injury in mind. Other food for thought, just have all the facts. Um, Matt Ryan is guaranteed a $12 million salary next year, whether or not he plays. He's also guaranteed a $17 million uh, he has a $17 million guarantee against injury. So if he got hurt and his season next season was in jeopardy, now the Colts have to pay him $29 million as opposed to 12. So I think that might have been a factor in the decision here as well. Although the offensive line is terrible, Sam Ellinger uh, does move a little better, probably because he's not 37. <laughs> a little, little more miles on the tires. So uh, we're going to see what happens there. It looks like wide receiver-wise, they're pretty healthy. Kiki Kute is in the concussion protocol, but he did get a full practice in today, which means he's likely going to be cleared. They are going to be without a couple of their linebackers, including uh, Shaq Leonard is still being listed as questionable. He's dealing with concussion and back issues and had a hard time getting back out on the field. So the defense may not be as strong as it normally does, but we're going to see what the Sam Ellinger offense looks like this week. Uh, Out in sunny London, I assume it's sunny, but I really knows right now. Uh, It's sunnier than it is here. Uh, Jacksonville is getting ready to play those Broncos, and they were not doing calisthenics on the plane, at least if they were, nobody was reporting it. Um, Wide receiver Jamal Agnew is dealing with a knee injury. He's questionable. He's limited at practice. And um, cornerback Shaquille Griffin is on IR after sustaining a back injury last week, so they are down. Uh, One of their, their better cornerbacks, so... Whether or not that will actually prove to be beneficial for Russell Wilson, we're just going to have to find out. Um, But we shall see. Other than that, they're pretty healthy. So hopefully we get a good London game out of it. In Oakland, uh, formerly known as Oakland, in Las Vegas, the Raiders, uh, dealing with, uh, again, some tight end issues. Darren Waller didn't play last week. He was back today at practice. 
dealing with a hamstring injury, but he did practice in full today. So that is definitely a good sign. Not that we don't love Foster Moreau, but the one-two punch would be nice here. The Chargers are limping into their bye week. I know it is their bye, but there are a few things you just do need to know. Um, Mike Williams is going to be out at least four weeks. It was a very bad-looking high ankle sprain. I wouldn't be surprised if it's more than four weeks. Wide receiver Keenan Allen did play the first half on Sunday, but not the second half because he, quote, didn't feel like he could burst off of the leg and the Chargers didn't want to risk re-injuring him. So he did not get any worse. just wasn't feeling very mobile and grounded and like he had a lot of uh, of mobility there. So he didn't get any worse off. Hopefully he will be healthier coming out of the bye week. Also, they did lose cornerback J.C. Jackson. He's done for the year after rupturing his patellar tendon, which looks terrible. Let's go to another spot out in Sun, California. The Rams, they were unfortunately the losers of the Cam, <laughs> the Christian McCaffrey sweepstakes, and they are still trying to unload their own running back, Cam Akers. Akers is officially listed as doubtful as the team's still trying trying to find a trade partner, so it's very unlikely he's going to be in the game or active for this game, but as of the moment, they're listing him as doubtful. They also have designated several players to return from IR, the non-football injury list, and the PUP list this week. Um, literally one for all of them, because it couldn't just be one injury, <laughs> but they, uh, they're going to get healthier. One of those guys included wide receiver Van Jackson, uh, Jefferson. So we're going to get a little healthier. Hopefully, you know, Mike Williams heals faster. Keenan Allen's getting a little healthier. We could get the West Coast back on track. It feels like we haven't had a real healthy state of California in a while between between all of the Chargers and the Rams. and it just It's been a lot. So I'm hoping we're on the right track here. Fingers crossed. And then we'll take it to the opposite end of the country. Let's go down to Miami. And the Dolphins are thankfully not talking about concussions into a tongue of Iowa all week. I'm very happy about that. Worth mentioning, though, that uh, backup quarterback Skylar Thompson is questionable with a thumb injury. And wide receiver Jalen Waddell is limited to practice today with a shoulder injury. He's planning to play through. He has been. He will continue to. Um, most of their defense also listed as questionable on the injury report, so they're dealing with a lot of the walking wounded there. Minnesota, on the flip side, very relatively healthy. No major injuries to report here. Fingers crossed for them. Knock on wood for them that that stays that way. In New England, uh, I don't think you can put hurt feelings on the injury report, but I think Mac Jones' feelings got hurt this week. He was the starter. <laughs> He was benched in favor of Bailey Zappi, who came out and just played worse than he did. So Mac Jones is, as of this moment, going to be the starter for the Patriots come uh, Sunday. Took 90% of the team's reps today at practice. Um, I think that it'll be interesting to see how how this has played out. Does, does Bill Belichick let him stay in the whole game? Do you throw one interception and then you get benched? Like, where are we at on that? Um, so hopefully it is Mac Jones the whole way. Also just something to keep in mind when you're thinking about who you want to start or sit at quarterback, a little more of a fluid situation. Also worth noting, uh, his center, David Andrews, is in the concussion protocol, so he might have a different center uh, on the line this week, and that does always make things a little different. Wide receiver Nelson Aguilar is dealing with hamstring injury. He was limited at practice, as was wide receiver Kendrick Bourne, who's dealing with his own toe injury. 
The Saints are officially going to start Andy Dalton, the ginger ninja, at quarterback this week, even though Jameis Winston is healthy or healthy enough to play as someone who's playing through fractured backs and sprained ankles can be. But he has been cleared to play football, and he wants to, and the team is sticking with the ginger ninja. We're going to see how that goes and how long that lasts. Um, Injury-wise, tight end Adam Troutman is not practicing with an ankle injury. Jarvis Landry also dealing with an ankle injury and not practicing today. And Michael Thomas, who has his own foot injury, is also not practicing. So any of these guys are going to be game-time decisions more than likely. So if you have them in your lineup and you want to have them in your lineup, let's have a plan B. We'll talk waiver wire in just a minute. In New York, uh, wide receiver Kenny Galladay is not practicing, and he's dealing with any injury, while Kadarius Toney, also not practicing, is dealing with a hamstring injury. Sterling Shepard had his ACL repair surgery yesterday, so it's day one of, of the comeback here for him, so we're wishing him well. Tight end Daniel Bellinger suffered a gruesome eye injury when he was poked in the eyes. He's being tackled uh, subsequently left the field bleeding from his eye, and it ended up being a fractured eye socket and septum. He is out indefinitely. They are not rolling him out for the season. He's going to have surgery to repair that eye socket, kind of put everything back together in his face, and he's going to try to play football again this year. What a crazy man. But we'll see. Hopefully he's a fast healer because he was having a good day uh, up until that point. And most of the Giants' offensive line is listed as questionable and day-to-day or week-to-week. It doesn't seem to get a whole lot better the further down the injury report you go. But for what it's worth, uh, there probably will be some holes in that offensive line. So Saquon and Daniel Jones are going to be making a run for it. In the other team in New York City, because <laughs> you can't just talk about one anymore. All of the New York teams are doing well. The Jets traded for running back James Robinson from the Jaguars for a six-round pick. It may get bumped to a fifth-round pick if he plays more, but... Uh, we're unsure if he's going to play this week. It looks like they're trying to get him in. He's at practice and trying to pick some things up. Uh, Brees Hall suffered a torn ACL. He's done for the year. So that fantastic rookie campaign he had going is uh, kind of hit a bit of a wall, unfortunately. So we won't see him for the rest of the year. And they went out and got James Robinson for what I figure is a song. Uh, we'll get into that in a few minutes. It's a little crazy what what trades are being made here for what picks. But moving on to the Jets, wide receiver Corey Davis is not practicing with knee injury, and wide receiver Elijah Moore, who was not with the team last week after being pretty vocal about being unhappy with his role or lack thereof in the offense, is going to be active and play this week. He's been practicing with the team, and hopefully he will see a few more targets. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. The Eagles are fairly healthy coming out of their bye week. They did, however, acquire... Defensive end uh, Robert Quinn from the Bears today for a fourth-round pick. The Bears also will pay $7.1 million of his salary, <laughs> leaving the Eagles with roughly $700,000 to cover for the year, which is basically the veteran minimum. Um, again, this is another trade that, like, had other teams known this was available, I would have thought they would have jumped on. But the Eagles are, are serious about staying undefeated if they are making a move. Uh, in Steelers Nation, the other side of Pennsylvania. They are unfortunately not on the receiving end of a lot of good news or trades, despite designating linebacker T.J. Watt to return from IR from that 
knee scope and partially torn pectoral muscle that he uh, opted to not have surgically fixed. So his practice window is opening. How soon he comes back, we don't know. Uh, probably not this week, but keep an eye on that. It does certainly help that defense, which badly needs it. They're also dealing with several injuries to their defensive tackles and cornerbacks, so any any bit of life to the defense would be good for the Steelers. Also worth noting that tight end Pat Fryermuth was limited with an ankle injury today, so keep an eye on him as the week goes on. As I mentioned earlier when we talked about the Panthers, the 49ers acquired Christian McCaffrey this week during Thursday Night Football uh, for a second, third, and fourth round pick this coming year and a fourth round pick in 2024, edging out the Rams, who were also heavily involved in trying to acquire him. So uh, an interesting, bold move. I We're going to see how it plays out. He he jumped on the plane. He had a playbook in his hand. He got practice the next day, and he was he was on the field. He was in plays. So good for him for going all in on his team. Uh, they are dealing with a couple of injuries. There's not to damper the Christian McCaffrey excitement, but wide receiver Debo Samuel is not practicing. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. Keep a close eye on that. Uh, I would think he's probably going to play. It sounds that way right now, but keep an eye on it come Friday. See what, what his practice status is looking like. He's going to need to get some kind of practice in. Also, fullback Kyle Juszczyk is having surgery on his broken right finger. He's going to likely be out this week, probably back the next, but for this week they're going to be without him. He is a big part of that offense, so they're going to miss him. In Seattle, they dodged a major bullet when DK Metcalf escaped major injury to his knee. It looked pretty bad in the moment. He's not practicing now, but... They're saying that it's uh, uh, an issue with his patella tendon, but it might be related to an old injury. They're not getting really into the specifics or nitty-gritty here. Also, Pete Carroll's probably not the one to ask for the specifics. (laughs) He didn't seem like he had a strong handle on it. But the moral of the story is DK Metcalf is dealing with this knee injury. He's still listed as questionable. He's not listed as out for this game, and he seems to think he's going to play, uh, which will be interesting. I don't think I'm putting him in my lineup, but we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, they're also dealing with multiple defensive injuries as well. The Buccaneers are coming off a real embarrassment. <laughs> they only score three points against the Panthers, who don't have a head coach or quarterback, or their backup quarterback, or their best running back, but it's fine. Um, they're trying to regroup. Tom Brady, historically, on Thursday, on short rest in prime time, is a no doubt game winning pick, but maybe not this week. Uh, They are dealing with some injuries. Wide receiver Julio Jones is dealing with a knee injury. He'll be a game-time decision. He did not play last week. They are going to be without multiple defenders, including safety Antoine Winfield Jr., which is certainly not a guy you want to be without there. Head end Cameron Brate also ruled out with that sprained neck. And Russell Gage, uh, the wide receiver, is dealing with a hamstring injury. He has also been ruled out for the Thursday night game. Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill is not practicing. He's dealing with an ankle injury. He will likely play through it. He has not missed a start as a starter. I don't think he wants to start now. Uh, Wide receiver Kyle Phillips was placed on IR with a hamstring injury, so he's down a weapon. And we have another case of the majority of the defense, uh, and I think literally every linebacker on the roster is being listed as questionable uh, for the game this week. So defense might not be the healthiest ones out there, just if you're thinking about who you want to play. And last but not least, the Commanders. As the Commanders turn, this week we have Carson Wentz officially going on IR with his broken finger, which means he will dodge playing 
the Colts and the Eagles over the next four weeks. I think that sounds like strategery, not so much like injury, but convenient or not, he won't be on the field for the next four weeks. Uh, running back Jonathan Williams was limited today with a knee injury. Tight end Logan Thomas was limited with a calf injury. Tight end Cole Turner has a concussion. He's still in the protocol and not practicing. And wide receiver Jahan Dotson didn't practice his hamstring injury. Remember, he didn't play last week either. And in other news, defensive end Chase Young will not return to practice from his knee injury this week. We've been getting teased with him getting closer and closer, but not quite there. Um, so he's, he's coming along. Uh, so, unfortunately, we do have quite a bit of injuries, and with the bye week, with actual players we want on our teams, you know, with the Chiefs and the Chargers, there's a lot of offense there. There are some holes to fill. <laughs> so, we'll take a quick look at the waiver wire. Um, Sherpa was kind enough to send over some suggestions, which pretty well mirror mine. Um, he, running back-wise, Gus Edwards at the top of both of our lists. Uh, he's got Deontay Foreman and Michael Carter there, as well as Tyler Adjir, Caleb Huntley, Keontae Ingram, and Jamichael Hasty. I would also throw um, Chuba Hubbard on the list. He's available in some places. Either one, he or Devonta, Deontay Foreman, are going to be a committee, and you might as well figure out which one it is. If you can grab both, get crazy. I do like Jamichael Hasty a lot in Jacksonville, though, because I think Travis Etienne does need someone to – play off of. So I think his role could be expanded a little more interesting. And at wide receiver, Wandale Robinson, uh, Giants, of course, but realistically a good pickup. He's he's getting healthier. He's one of the few that are actually getting on the football field. And the Giants keep winning football games. They're going to have to do it somehow, and why not with Wandale Robinson on your lineup? Ferris Campbell, also another good pickup uh, with the quarterback switch. Got to see which wide receivers are going to be the best fit. And Paris Campbell looks pretty good right now. Marquise Goodwin is also a nice idea in Seattle, like we said, with uh, DK Metcalf being a little, a little, uh, maybe not so fast right now. Like, <laughs> I think there are going to be uh, some different patterns and maybe some more opportunities for Marquise Goodwin than there were maybe a week ago. Josh Palmer is a good addition, even though he's on a bye this week. It's nice to stash him because clearly they are still going to be needing to fill some holes. Nicole Hardman, again, on a bye as well, but he's been getting some more looks lately. Dan Jefferson, someone coming back. That could be nice. Uh, let's see how he fits back into the offense, but he's coming back off IR. And Donovan Peoples-Jones out in Cleveland. Again, someone's got to create some offense there. Why not him? At quarterback, uh, our list looks pretty similar. Daniel Jones is at the top of my list, your list, everybody's list. If Daniel Jones is available and you need a quarterback, run, don't walk, go pick him up. It might not always be pretty, but it's going to work. <laughs> Taylor Heineke, also a good uh, good play there. He's experienced, got some of the jitters out now. He's got it under control this week. Davis Mills, who despite being on a terrible team, is making the most out of what he's got. And if you need a fill-in replacement, He's going to score more points than, say, maybe Aaron Rodgers is this week. It's not terrible. Sam Ellinger, who I've heard nothing but good things about how he prepares, how he practices, what we've seen in preseason. So I'm curious to see how he looks on the uh, primetime stage with all the lights and see, see how that goes. But I think he's got a chance for success. Might as well snag him now. Justin Fields, Jameis Winston, and Malik Willis, all good options. Buy low, hope they go high. 
at tight end, Irv Smith Jr. out in Minnesota, Greg Dolchich, who we saw really come on, um, you know, maybe one of the few highlights out of that that last Denver primetime game. (laughs) Cade Otten, who is going to be filling in for the injured Cameron Brait. He, someone has to catch the ball for Tom Brady, and he's a warm body that is not injured, so that shoots him right up that list. Juwan Johnson, also another good idea. Tyler Conklin, who's statistically getting a lot of looks, and Harrison Bryant are all good picks. So we have solved some of the mysteries, some of your issues. We've given you who's hurt. We've figured out who to fill the holes. Now let's take a look at the positions themselves, break it down who to start, who to sit, who we like out of them. This is generally where the show goes awry because we don't tend to agree on a whole lot. (laughs) I did not cheat and look ahead at Sherpa's predictions, mostly because it's just more fun that way, but I can't speak to how close our our lists are going to be. We're going to find out in real time here. So uh, we'll start where we always do historically at running back. Top of my list is Saquon Barkley, (laughs) without a doubt. Um, I am higher on him than just about anyone else on the planet right now. And I'm seeing him at the top of Sherpa's avoid list. Okay, we're starting off on the right foot. (laughs) I've got Derrick Henry at two, Josh Jacobs rounding out my top three. Um, And Kenneth Walker, the third, all the way up at number four on my list. Alvin Kamara at five, Joe Mixon, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Nick Chubb, and Dalvin Cook. Travis Etienne coming in as an honorable mention just outside the old top ten there. But, uh, yeah, looking like our list might look a little different. But we do have some overlap here. Okay. Uh, Sherpa's got Miles Sanders at the top of his list. Miles Sanders is hanging out in my purgatory. Um, Joe Mixon also on his list. Okay, we've got one. Kenneth Walker actually has him rated higher than I do, which I'm shocked by. Jonathan Taylor at four, and then he's got the Ezekiel Elliott slash Tony Pollard combo there. We're not sure if Zeke will actually play, which is part of why he didn't make my list. (laughs) But um, we'll see what happens there. Not bad picks. Uh, Rounding out his list, Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, Raheem Mostert, Brian Robinson, and Devin Singletary. All strong, all strong there. Um, in his just runner-up spot, uh, we've got James Robinson, Travis Etienne, Gus Edwards, and Alvin Kamara. So quite a quite a who's who there, because our friendly Sherpa always always can't be can't be tied down by that pesky ten. So we got got that uh, and his avoid list, somewhat like my start list. Uh, obviously, our biggest difference, he's got. Saquon Barkley at the top of his avoid list, followed by Nick Chubb, Leonard Fournette, Najee Harris, Damian Pierce, Kareem Hunt, David Montgomery, Melvin Gordon, Latavius Murray, Chuba Hubbard, and Deontay Foreman coming in as an honorable mention, a dishonorable mention. The only one dishonorable mention, that's always nice. Um, My avoid list had some of the same names on it, not a ton, but um, I'm looking to avoid Naeem Hines. I just, he's been getting a lot of looks lately. It's not going to happen this week. You have a different quarterback. The whole vibe's different. Eno Benjamin, Chase Edmonds, um, really not loving any of these committee situations. Same thing, Khalil Herbert. I think it's David Montgomery's job to lose, and short of him getting hurt, he's not going to lose it. James Robinson, I love the idea of him plugging right in and being a part of this offense. I just don't think there's going to be a ton of value 
So for me, he's on my avoid list. Rex Burkhead, A.J. Dillon, Rashad White, J.D. McKissick, and Alexander Madison Hamilton. Checking in, bottom of my avoid list. Um, so I, we definitely see some of these teams a little differently, I think. <laughs> Let's take a look at wide receiver. Um, we've got at the top of Sherpa's list, A.J. Brown. Okay, great. He's also on my list. Uh, looks like we have a little more overlap here, which is nice. We've got A.J. Brown at one, Jamar Chase at two, C.D. Lamb all the way up at three. I like it. Uh, Stephon Diggs, Tyree Kill, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Tyler Lockett, Devontae Adams, and Jalen Waddell. Uh, honorable mentions to Devonta Smith, Michael Pittman, Tyler Boyd, and Terry McLaurin. Scary Terry. you got to get him in there on the Halloween episode, of course. Um, so we have a little bit of overlap. Definitely different different versions. I mean, C.D. Lamb is on my honorable mention. He just snuck out of the top ten for me. But uh, I still have Super Cup on the top of my list. Uh, he appears to not be on Sherpas. So we'll see there. Um, Tyreek Hill also uh, rocking number two at the list. Jamar Chase, a very close three. Stephon Diggs and Justin Jefferson rounding out my top five. So we're pretty close there. Uh, I've got the oh, I've got AJ Brown at six, Devontae Adams at seven, Amon Ross St. Brown pending getting out of concussion protocol, which it looks like he's gonna do at eight, Jalen Waddle at nine, and Devo Samuel coming in at ten for me. So we do we do a few things differently, but it's okay. We've got a lot in common here. Um, Sherpa's avoid list, Mari Cooper at the top of that list, Deontay Johnson, Brandon Cooks, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, Wandale Robinson, Darius Slayton, Donna Savin, People Jones. I think we can sense a bit of a pattern here. Some lower scoring games coming down the pipeline, I'm thinking from the Sherpa. Um, and certainly some of the teams that aren't playing well just are going to continue to not play well. <laughs> there are a lot of Steelers on that list. Um, not that mine doesn't have them either. Uh, DK Metcalf is actually at the top of my avoid list, though. I don't like the knee injury. I don't. I, I love that he wants to try to play through it. I don't think it's going to be worthwhile fantasy-wise because even if he does, I'm not sure how much he's out there, how productive he can be. He kind of lives and dies on the yards after catch, which is tough to do with one leg. So I'm sitting him this week. I'm staying away from it. Also staying away from Michael Thomas, very similar idea here. Even if he plays and he's not healthy, which I would expect him to do, I expect him to be out there. I don't think you're going to get the production out of it. You've got better options elsewhere. Ditto Alan Lazard. He's got a bad shoulder. Aaron Rodgers already hates his offense. He hates his coach. Nobody seems to be having a good time there. I'm going to just stay away from the whole thing. Uh, Jerry Judy, same thing. Denver, I just don't know. Is Russell Wilson any good? It's a London game. There's just a lot. That could go weird there. Staying away from Zay Jones, Wandale Robinson, Drake London, Paris Campbell, Tyler Boyd, and Hunter Renfro. So a lot of guys I just told you to pick up on the waiver wire. <laughs> if you have to go looking for them on the waiver wire, you probably need them. But if not, you have some better options. And we will just dive right into the quarterback rankings here. Um, I will start. I've got Josh Allen at the top of my list. Um Sure, about them is top three. Okay, so we're we're right in the same top three, just a different mix. So I've got Josh Allen at the top for me. That's a no-brainer. I think um, that's going to be the high-scoring game of the day. We'll talk about that in a minute. J. 
Jalen Hurts coming in at two and Joe Burrow kind of a 2A for me, so that's my top three. It's also Sherpas. He just has Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen, reverse order. Uh, for me, Lamar Jackson and Tuatunga Vailoa wrap out, round out, wrap out, round out my top five. Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray, uh, Dak Prescott. I mean, it's it's tough out here. <laughs> Geno Smith and Kirk Cousins rounding out my top ten. Ah, uh, I hate putting Kirk Cousins in the top ten. I really hate it. Um, but sometimes you got to do what the numbers tell you. So Sherpa's top 10, uh, as we talked about, same top three, different order. He's got Dak Prescott at four, Lamar Jackson at five. So we're not totally off here. Just little same names, different order. Followed by Tuatunga Vailoa, Geno Smith, Zach Wilson, Kirk Cousins, and Kyler Murray. So Zach Wilson in there, all right? Zach Wilson is on my avoid list. Um, he's got Derek Carr, uh, Trevor Lawrence, and Marcus Mariota, as well as Sam Ellinger, as honorable mentions. We'll see him sneaking in on his first week. Top of Sherpa's avoid list, top of all of our avoid list, Aaron Rodgers, followed closely by Tom Brady on both of our lists. Uh, he also has Daniel Jones, Josh Fields, uh, Jared Goff, Davis Mills, Russell Wilson, slash Brett Rippon, slash anyone to... John Elway wants to come out of the stands and play quarterback. Anybody's going to do it. We don't want to start the Broncos quarterbacks. I'm on board with that. P.J. Walker, Mac Jones, et al., Bailey Zappi, and Kenny Pickett all on his avoid list. Similar names. Uh, obviously, I've got I've got Tom Brady. I've got Aaron Rodgers on my list as well. Um, Russell Wilson, Marcus Mariota, Jimmy Garoppolo for me I'm avoiding. I know it sounds crazy, but I'll explain it. Zach Wilson's on my avoid list, as is Justin Fields, Davis Mills, P.J. Walker, Kenny Pickett. It's, there are going to be some lopsided games this week. I think, I think our quarterback rankings show that pretty definitively. Um, so we will just cruise right on into tight ends here. And um, top of my tight end list, Mark Andrews. Not scared away by the injury designation, not scared away by the fact that Thursday night games have been an actual dumpster fire, which is an insult to both dumpsters and fires the last few weeks. I think it's going to turn around a little bit here, so he's at the top of my list. Dacker at the close to George Kittle at three. Um, I've got TJ Hawkinson at four and Dallas Goddard rounding out my top five. Pat Fryermuth, even though he's a little questionable, I think he's going to play. He's going to be fine. Tyler Higby, Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts, and of course, Mike Gusecki rounding out the top ten. How could he not be? Very excited to see Mike Gusecki also checking in on the Sherpa list. <laughs> he has Dallas Goddard at the top of the list, followed by Hayden Hurst, Dawson Knox, Mark Andrews, Dalton Schultz, or Jake Ferguson, whoever plays there. Irv Smith Jr., Will Disley, Mike Gusecki, Tyler Conklin, and Evan Ingram. Zach Ertz and Kyle Pitts get honorable mentions there. So TJ Hawkinson, who I am so high on, is the very top of Sherpa's avoid list. <laughs> <laughs> I think we see the Detroit game a little differently, um, but we'll get there in just a minute. Hunter Henry also on his avoid list, as is Pat Fryermuth. Some of these names sound familiar, don't they? Uh, Robert Tanyan, Kate Otten, Greg Dolchitz, Cole Komet, Harrison Bryant, Ian Thomas, Tommy Tremble. Not sure who's going to catch any of the footballs, but somehow, somebody, whatever tight end you pick in Carolina is not going to be able to catch touchdown, so that's fair. Um, I had Dawson Knox on my avoid list. Also, Evan Ingram, Harrison Bryant, Noah Font, Tyler Conklin, Jawan Johnson, Taysom Hill. I really don't want a whole lot to do with the New Orleans 
fast game, apparently. Logan Thomas, I'm staying away from, as is Cole Komet and Kate Otten. So we have some overlap there. So I think we see some of this going similarly. And then for defenses, um, you know, it's not the same without the tears from fears, but we'll take what we can get. Uh, he's got Cincinnati um, at the top of his list, Dallas, Philly, uh, Seattle, kind of in the next tier, Atlanta and Tennessee, then Baltimore, Jacksonville, Miami, the Jets, the Rams, the Texans, and the Bills. So there's your 10 teams in one, two, three, four tiers. So making our way here. <laughs> um, I have the Cowboys at the top of my list, followed by the Eagles. Also the Patriots checking in pretty high here for for most rankings I'm seeing. Um, the 49ers, the Bills, and the no-brainers, the Falcons, Titans, Jets, Jaguars, and Broncos all on my top 10 I'm willing to start this week. Some of these names appear on the sharpest bottom 10, <laughs> and they also ran tiers. So we got a little bit of everything here. Cleveland and Pittsburgh at the top of the worst. <laughs> Green Bay and Chicago following closely behind, and then the Giants and Patriots. Um, Unfortunately, it's going to be a little bit tough for some of these New England teams. Then the Lions, Cardinals, Commanders, Saints, and the Broncos hanging out in London. So we, uh, I guess, my t- my 10, untiered, just a straight 10. I've got the Colts, the Commanders, uh, Rams, Texans, Panthers, the Bengals, Dolphins, Vikings, Giants, and Buccaneers all in my avoid list. So let's get into the fun stuff, not that ranking players isn't, but our game predictions, which is always a a little dicey, (laughs) full of surprises. So uh, we will start where we always do with the lovely Thursday night game. We've got Baltimore going to Tampa Bay, which the last couple of weeks, Thursday nights have been even weirder than normal. Not a fan of it. I don't think most people are, but... We're going to power through. We've got two teams that are supposed to be very good on paper, and both should have been been above 500. However, we only have one game this week that features both teams over 500, and that is Sherpa's Giants playing the Seahawks. <laughs> so, what a world we live in. Also worth noting that um, Najee Harris is being outrushed on the season by Daniel Jones. Jones has... 343 rushing yards, and Najee Harris is 329. So things are getting weird all over. But a couple little nuggets for you. Take those as a letter for this week. Sound very impressive. <laughs> but uh, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot impressive about the Buccaneers uh, for this game. Normally, Tom Brady, a no-brainer pick in prime time, especially in a short week. But he scored no points on a terrible team. Uh, I'm not sure what you're going to do here. The Buccaneers struggle to stop the run. Baltimore has about 12 running backs on their roster that can all start games. They're going to run the ball. Lamar Jackson's going to run the ball on you. It's going to happen. Take Baltimore. Take the points. Take whatever you can get here. Baltimore is going to win 28-17. Really, I don't think Baltimore's defense really gets enough respect. They are going to slow down Tom Brady, who clearly already has some – some issues within the organization and personnel. There's some stuff going on there they need to figure out. Um, normally, I wouldn't pick against a cranky Tom Brady, but there's nothing normal about 
how Tom Brady's playing. So I can't in good conscience pick them to win a game. So I'm taking the Ravens 28-17. Sherpa has the Ravens also winning, but in a closer game, 27-24. So we will see, um, you know, what happens here Thursday night. I mean, at least there's going to be some touchdowns, which have been few and far between on Amazon on Thursday night. Uh, moving on to the Sunday morning games, starting out in London, so your your 9.30 Eastern time breakfast game, we've got the Jaguars and the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to not get excited about in this game. <laughs> the one thing is that the Jaguars look like they're playing a little better. Travis Etienne is electric right now. Um, the downside is Trevor Lawrence still playing like – he maybe doesn't know who's on who's on his team, who's on the other team. He's got to stop throwing so many interceptions. And Russell Wilson just hasn't been good. Brett Rippon was not the answer, but I don't think anyone thought he was going to be. So it comes down to how much weird does the London factor play into this because we saw the Giants come upset the, the Aaron Rodgers-led Packers. We've seen some good games out of London so far this year, which has been a happy surprise, and you might be hearing about it on my treat segment here later. Um, but I, I'm taking Jacksonville to win a close one, 21-20. Not a ton of scoring. The London factor doesn't do it for me. Sherpa is also taking Jacksonville to win uh, 28-24, so a little higher scoring there. Um, so we'll come back to America here, get to our early, early Sunday kicks, uh, starting with Minnesota and Arizona, here is our first difference. Surprise, surprise. It only took us three games. Um, I said Arizona winning a close one. We both have the exact same score, just different teams winning it. Um, I, I went Arizona 30-27. to 27. Sherpa went with Minnesota 30-27. to 27. Granted, I don't like picking Kirk Cousins to win at anything, life or football-related, quite frankly, but I just think this Arizona Arizona team is gelling a little bit. They got healthier. They got some pieces back. DeAndre Hopkins is back. You know, the running back situation is getting a little clearer, a little less murky. But I think that this is a winnable game. Minnesota's going to hang into it until the very end. They're going to put a scare into someone at the end. I think that probably that scare does not result in points. So Arizona wins the game 30-27. Sherpa thinks it does. He's got Minnesota winning 30-27. to <laughs> So we'll see how that one plays out. Um, next game on the slate, Atlanta at Carolina. Um, well, I'm still riding that three-year streak of not picking the Falcons to win a football game, and I don't think I'm going to end it here today. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. I am a P.J. Walker apologist, XFL forever. I was a season ticket holder. I support the whole endeavor and operation. I want him to do well. He can throw a football really far. So these are all positive things. The fact that Carolina was able to beat the Buccaneers last week with, uh, like, a, a prep school team, good for them. I think that should give them a little confidence coming into go to Atlanta and figure out how to beat them. Um, Atlanta seems to just not throw the ball regardless. They're going to run the ball, but they still don't have Cordero Patterson back. So I'm not totally afraid of that. I think that the Panthers are going to steal one here, 27-21. Sherpa actually has the exact same score just reversed again. Um, He's got Atlanta winning 27-21. So we we are in sync with how many points people are scoring, just not who's scoring them. Next game up, one that's near and dear to my heart, uh, the Cowboys and the Bears. 
Dallas didn't look great last week. The offense was sputtering. Zeke got hurt. It just wasn't working, wasn't gelling. Um, it was not Cooper Rush out there. I don't think that was necessarily the issue, but there were some issues. Uh, the final score made it look a lot more competitive than it, or a, a lot less competitive than it actually was. It was much more of a dogfight. I think that the Cowboys are bounce back this week. You're going to have to see a lot more Tony Pollard. The offense is going to look a little different. But uh, I don't think not having Ezekiel Elliott is going to hurt them all that much, mostly because Chicago is just in a bad place. Just injury-wise, I don't think they can keep up here. I've got Dallas winning a closer one than I'd like it to be, 27-21, because I feel some growing pains here in this offense. Not really sure how it's working just yet with Dak Prescott. Hopefully he figures it out this week. Sherpa is on uh, the Dallas bandwagon here. For a brief moment, I'm sure he's got the Cowboys winning 34 to 20. So a uh, a bigger bigger matchup there uh, difference than I do, but I would much prefer the score to end up that way. As always, I'm a little more pessimistic. <laughs> Moving on to the Raiders and the Saints, as we talked about, the Saints are. Starting Ginger Ninja, they are very injured. It's not a great setup. Uh, the Saints are a little bit of a disappointment this year. We're still trying to figure out what these Raiders are. Are they good? Are they not? I think this week they're going to be good enough. Um, I think that they're going to win this 28-23 in a, a bit of a close one. Uh, Sherpa also agrees, just even closer, he's got the Raiders winning 28-27. So we agree there, again, close on the score, but at least we're on the same side of it. I just I think that there's just too many too many injuries for New Orleans to really overcome. As long as Vegas can slow down the run game, they can be fine. But Andy Dalton's going to throw a pass to someone who's not on his team at least once, and that usually results in six points for somebody else. So with that, I think the Raiders can beat this <laughs> New Orleans team, and everyone uh, everyone in Las Vegas will be happier that day. And Miami moving right along to the schedule here. Uh, we have the fighting Motor City Dan Campbells coming back to the table here trying to get some redemption. I mean, he got the, the owner belief, kiss of death, so hopefully he's not getting fired. But, um, and what, what Motor City Dan Campbell is doing is great. I hope they're a little healthier. I hope they can hang in here. I just don't think they have quite enough. Um, mostly my issue with this game is the Miami defense. I know you, you think – it should be Tyreek Hill. It should be Jalen Waddle in the long game. But actually, I think the Miami defense is going to be a difference maker here. They're going to force Jared Goff into making mistakes, and Jared Goff's going to beat it, beat himself. The Miami defense is a pretty darn good one, and it matches up well here. So don't sleep on that. Certainly, if they're available, um, really good DFS pick. We'll talk about that in a few minutes as well. Uh, so the Lions are getting healthier, but not healthy enough. I've got Miami winning 28-24. Sherpa's got them winning 30-24. to So we're, we're right in the same vein there. Um, moving on to the Northeast, the Jets and the Patriots. I think Mac Jones is pissed off. I think that he he could do no wrong for a long time. The poor man's out there. He breaks his whole body in a game for him. He looks like his ankle explodes. He's screaming down a flight of stairs. We all saw it. It was terrible. Daily Zappi comes in, and he was fine. He wasn't great. He didn't light the world on fire, but he didn't mess anything up. And fans just decided to love him. I'm still very firmly on the Matt Jones bandwagon. I don't. I think he got done dirty last week. So Bill Belichick, I didn't think that needed to happen. Um, so I think that I don't want to piss off Matt Jones anymore. I don't 
against the pissed off Mac Jones. I don't want him coming after us on this podcast because I think he holds a grudge. <laughs> he is going to be holding one against several people, and it's not going to be me. I've got the Patriots stealing one here, uh, 24 to 20. It's not going to be pretty. I I certainly hope Mac Jones is in that game the whole time. Um, but Sherpa's going the other end. He's taking the Jets to win 31-24, which is probably the smart money, but I don't know. There's just something about Mac Jones here. Not having Brees Hall, the, the Jets have to adjust a little bit, trying to put in James Robinson. Maybe it gels right away, maybe it doesn't, but I'm going to err on the side of Mac Jones this week. <laughs> and then moving on to our last 1 o'clock game, the battle for Pennsylvania, which is sandwiched right in between two Phillies World Series games on Saturday and Monday. The city of Philadelphia will be quite the train wreck. Um, but I've got the Eagles winning this easily, 33-21. Um, the Steelers are just not a good team right now. The Eagles are still riding high. They're still going to be undefeated after this game. And I think the score is actually closer than the game will actually feel because they're not going to be throwing in the second half. You're going to hit your points and just run the ball. So it could be a good day for Miles Sanders out there. But Sherpa also seems to agree. I mean, even a little bit more. He's got the Eagles winning 37-20, to so we're right on line there. Um, going into the late games, uh, Tennessee at Houston, not one anyone's, like, running to watch, dying to watch here, unfortunately. But I think we both have this as a close game. Both of us took Tennessee, uh, Sherpa taking them to win by a field goal, 24-21. I've got them winning by four points, 27-23. So we're we're right in the same vein there. I think that Ryan Tannehill plays through that ankle injury. He tends to do that. Derrick Henry looks good. Houston's going to hang around because they're not a bad little team. They just don't have all the pieces to play a full game, and they can't stop Derrick Henry all day long. It's just not going to happen. Um, and then I guess here we are, the game of the day. <laughs> uh, at least the game of the afternoon, the only game with teams both over 500, the Seahawks and the Giants. <laughs> I mean, Sherpa's not here to enjoy this, I'm sure. The way I'm picking it, at least, he will be enjoying it. Um, we do not agree on how this game's going. Here's my take on it. Neither of these teams can stop the run to save their life at all. Like, they're in the bottom five of the league, both of them. I believe they're three and five on stopping the run. They give up a ton of yards and a ton of points. And what do both of these teams have? A high-quality running back that can take advantage of that. Saquon Barkley is going to have an enormous day. Kenneth Walker III is going to run forever. This is going to be the highest-scoring game of the week. It is all running backs all the time. Um, I would say that New York wins this 34-31 in a bit of a barn burner. The fact that they don't have a healthy Tyler Lockett, or I'm sorry, DK Metcalf is going to be kind of a problem. But Dino Smith, he's serving it up. Um, Sherpa has uh, his Giants actually moving. He's got Seattle winning 31-20, to 20, so I have had more of the NFC East going, and I'm, I'm more of a Giants believer here. We'll talk about them a little bit more in the Tricks and Treats segments coming up. We'll keep rolling here to uh, a Christian McCaffrey revenge game. Christian McCaffrey has been on the 49ers for about 12 minutes, and he's already having a revenge game <laughs> against the Rams. Um, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we I mentioned at the top of the show that the Rams got edged out in the Christian McCaffrey sweepstakes. They're a little pissed off about it, and uh, I think they're actually also going to be pissed off because they're going to lose this game as well. 
I have the uh, 49ers winning 27-23. Jimmy Garoppolo has somehow found himself in a situation where he just has the perfect cast of characters around him. Everyone is a, a huge playmaker, so he doesn't have to do anything but simply exist, sometimes hand the football to someone. I don't know how this keeps happening to him, but whatever whatever you know, chicken he sacrificed along the way, it, it worked out for him. Sherpa has this uh, going the other way, actually. He's got the Rams to win 27-24, so we're in the same ballpark. Just, again, flip the score. Um, so we'll see who ends up. I just think that, that the 49ers have a little bit more going for him right now. Um, maybe Cam Akers walks through that door and he makes a difference. I don't know, but it'll be interesting to watch. Um, we've got some, some, in my opinion, pretty decent afternoon games. Uh, next one up is the Colts and the Commanders, which is not going to feature Carson Wentz or Matt Ryan. And this is one of, of many, I guess, quasi-revenge games that Carson Wentz seems to have opted out of uh, for his finger, finger surgery. And Matt Ryan, apparently he and the rest of the team were all pretty blindsided by it. I guess we're going to see how it works out. Um Sherpa's got the Colts winning a close one, 28-27. I have Washington winning 24-23. So I think we we both feel it'll be a close game. I think Taylor Heineke is going to continue to do what he does best, and that's a fourth-quarter comeback. I think the Colts will be fine. I think Jonathan Taylor looks healthier. He looks good. Sam Ellinger is not a bad little quarterback. He's good. He's a rookie. You know, the Washington defense should be a lot better than it is, and if they play remotely what they're capable of, it could be a tough day for them, but we haven't seen them do that all year. So I'm going to take the commanders to win this by a point. Again, Sherp is taking uh, the Colts to win by a point, so we'll see who ends up on the right side of that one. Moving into Sunday night, this is the um, just just not a great matchup. Um, <laughs> really... Really, uh, Green Bay is in a bad place. Buffalo is couldn't be in a better place. They're giving up the fewest yards per game, the fewest points per game, and the Packers are an actual disaster. Aaron Rodgers openly does not like his offense or his offensive coordinator or his coach or really anything that's happening. Somehow he's yet to figure out he might be part of the issue, but maybe next week that'll be his revelation on the McAfee show. I don't know. Um, I don't see a way that Green Bay can win this game short of Buffalo forfeiting it. Um, it, it doesn't feel like it's going to be all that close, uh, and that's with probably Buffalo getting up big and running the ball. I've got Buffalo winning 35-23. Sherpa's kind of in the same vein. He's got Buffalo winning 34-24. So we're right about the same thing here. Green Bay's going to put up some points. I mean, just the war of attrition at some point, they're just going to get some, but I don't feel like this game's going to feel competitive really at any point in time. The Monday night game, uh, we both have Cincinnati winning. Sherpa's got him winning 37-17, so he thinks this is going to be a little bit more of a blowout. I've got it a little closer with Cincinnati winning 33-27, mainly because uh, they tend to play each other pretty well in division. Cleveland, while they they have their flaws, the defense is a little healthier than it has been in the past few weeks. I think it could cause some issues. They've done a better job than most of containing some of the Jamar Chases and T. Higgins of the world. So they're a little more familiar with each other. I think that'll keep it close, but I think we all agree that Cincinnati's going to win that game. Moving right along, uh, we will take a look at a couple of daily fantasy picks. 
for you. Remember, as always, we're giving you value picks. So you know who to start the Tyreek Hill at the top of every lineup you have. I, you can figure these things out. But this way, we'll give you some money to make that happen. Get, a, get some good bang for your buck. So at quarterback, Sam Ellinger, as I said, um, really excited. I think he's got a lot of upside. The price is certainly right, and clearly it's going to be a game where they're going to be throwing. So I don't see any reason to stay away from that. Daniel Jones, another good one. And Jared Goff, uh, despite the fact that I think he's going to lose that game, and I think he's probably throwing an interception uh, or two. I think he's still, for the value, going to give you more points than you deserve for what you pay. At running back, Kenneth Walker the third. As I said, I really can't say enough about how many points those running backs are going to score in that Seahawks and Giants game. Michael Carter in New York, DeAndre Swift, who I think is going to bounce back from a couple of weeks off. Raheem Mostert, very important part of that Miami offense that I don't think is getting enough love. And Tony Pollard, who I think will have a much more expanded role this week. At wide receiver, Garrett Wilson out with the Jets, DJ Moore, Jalen Waddell, whose price is lower uh, primarily because he's a little banged up, but take it while you can. At tight end, Logan Thomas, as long as he plays, Brevin Jordan, Dallas Goddard, Tyler Higby, Will Disley, I think is a really interesting option. He tends to just be a touchdown vulture, but this is a game that they're going to be a lot of touchdowns scored, so it's a good chance that might work out. Defenses, Miami and the Panthers, both good for me. If they're looking for teams to stack, the Patriots, Colts, and Giants are all good value stacks. And let's take a look at what we do every year, our annual tricks and treats. Uh, we'll start with, I'll give you Sherpas first. Tried to pick ones that didn't overlap. Um, so obviously tricks, players that we thought we were going to get more out of or, you know, generally – Bought high, got way lower production. Top of his list uh, at running back, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I think part of that is he did get hurt finally for the first time in, like, his whole life, it seems like. So we certainly didn't get the production out of it. And for some reason, Matt Ryan seemed to have forgotten he was on the team. Um, So we're hoping this is one that can turn around. Uh, Wide receiver, Keenan Allen, again, it just – it isn't gelling. He got hurt. Things things just really – for where you drafted him, you didn't get what you wanted. A quarterback, a three-way tie. Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, and Tom Brady. I don't think I can argue with any of that. Um, and then tight end, George Kittle, Kyle Pitts, and Darren Waller. Again, Kittle and, and Waller were hurt a lot. Kyle Pitts has been hurt too. Um, and they're just not being the same kind of game changers that they were last year. So on my list, I would add uh, Russell Wilson, uh, absolutely. I, not that I thought he was going to come in and win a Super Bowl there, but the team was ready to win and they didn't get the quarterback they needed. He has not been anywhere near what he should have been. I'm going to take the Chargers as a whole on my list of tricks as well. Um, granted, Justin Herbert got hurt and that really did change things, but now I, the injuries, the play calling, I mean, it's just, let's just calm down and get back to like, neutral here, and I think the Chargers can get this figured out. But for right now, definitely a trick, not a treat. I also have Aaron Rodgers and kind of the entire Packers organization on the trick list. I mean, you spent the time away in the off season, and you tried to bring guys in, and you were doing drugs or whatever, having your finding yourself in South America. Like, you need to learn to find some wide receivers. That's what we as football fans need from you. <laughs> we need you to get that figured out. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be this week. Also on my uh, trick list is Thursday Night Football. Amazon, you done ruined it. 
We have had so many field goals on Thursday night football. These games have been borderline unwatchable. Not their fault. It's not like they picked who were there, but it, it, it's certainly not what we thought we were getting. Um, on the happier side of things, let's take a look at some of the treats. Uh, for running back for Sherpa, Saquon Barkley. Far and away. Great treat. We knew he was going to be great, but he really has stepped it up. I mean, he played quarterback for coming out loud. <laughs> Talk about a team player. Um, at wide receiver, he has Chris Olave. Couldn't agree more with that. He has stepped in and become a huge piece, especially for where you drafted him or potentially picked him up. Uh, you're definitely getting the value way exceeding. Um, at quarterback, the way time here, Gina Smith and Jalen Hurts. Gina Smith, who quietly could be in the MVP conversation right now. Uh, Jalen Hurts, who is, you know, was getting ready to get run out of town and now has an undefeated Eagles team a third of the way through the season. So definitely uh, more than we expected out of either of those. I don't think anyone thought that Geno Smith and Daniel Jones was going to be your marquee matchup come week eight of the NFL season. <laughs> Here we are. At tight end, Hayden Hurst and Tyler Conklin, both happy surprises. Tyler Conklin's getting so many targets uh, and for where you drafted him or even potentially just pick him up on a waiver wire. Both he and Hayden Hurst have far exceeded their value already. Um, and to piggyback on to some of the treats, I would add to a tongue of Ialoa. Granted, the whole concussion thing is not great. That was not really his fault. But the fact that he has actually played a lot better, I mean, I was pretty sure he didn't know the playbook the first two years he was here. So it looks like he actually understands the playbook a little better. He's working on things you can see an improvement so i'm gonna i'm gonna call that a treat it's been a trick for a while we have we've now entered treat territory i would say the giants as a whole daniel jones saquon barkley in particular but the team is drinking the brian dayball kool-aid and they're all in on it there's absolutely no reason they should have won as many games as they are other than they just don't know they're supposed to lose so Daniel Jones is lining up at wide receiver with a bad ankle. Saquon Barkley is taking snaps. This team's going to do anything to win. I got to appreciate that. Geno Smith on my list also. I mean, how could you not be? Even just we all were like, oh, we'll enjoy week one. You know, they tried to cancel me. I didn't call back. But, like, I, I just – it just keeps coming. <laughs> he just keeps playing the best football we've seen him play. So good for him. It's a fun story. I think another treat – is the NFC East actually being relevant with the commanders being their own set of issues. But for how bad the division was last year, for the division to actually be very good so far this year, I mean, look at the Giants. Um, I think that's a nice refreshing change. It's nice to not be referred to as NFC least for a little while. I don't know if it lasts, but I'll take it while it lasts. (laughs) There's a treat. And one last treat. Surprisingly enough, for as much as I really normally hate these, the London games this year have actually been entertaining and worth watching. Um, yeah, the whole 930 thing is a little rough. We all get through it. I think they've been a a pleasant surprise. So for as bad as they have been, things are getting better. I don't know if we've just now figured out better ways to get guys over and acclimated or the teams we're sending are just better. But either way, things are looking up. So we have covered everything you could possibly need to dominate your fantasy week, be it in a daily or season-long fantasy. You want to dominate the water cooler, we got you covered there. Um, again, remember Daniel Jones, more rush yards than Najee Harris this season. Um, but we want to hear your tricks and treats. If you have uh, questions, also always you can find us all over social media, but tell us who you think your tricks and treats on your team are this year. Hopefully you have a couple of each. 
You can find us on Twitter at the number four THN inches show. That's the number four THN inches show at JKIM16 and fantasy underscore Sherpa. You can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. You can email us at the number four THN inches show at gmail.com. And you can find us every Wednesday night. We'll be back to normal next week. Uh, Sherpa will be back from his bye. And we'll be back at 8 p.m. Eastern time for our full hour You can also find any back episodes anywhere you find your favorite podcast. We're nice and easy to find that way. So thank you so much, guys, for listening. Good luck this week, unless you're playing us. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.